Welcome to Sales Tech Stars Sales Star Podcast. This is where we feature news, tips, and insights on B two B sales. Happy to have you here. In today's episode, we welcome Manny Medina, CEO and co-founder of Outreach, an AI-driven platform that automates administrative tasks and combines customer interactions across email, voice, and social to help sales reps take better actions. Happy to have you here, Manny. Tell us about yourself and your journey so far. I'm sure you have some pretty interesting tech entrepreneurial learnings that a lot of our listeners could benefit from. So over to you. Please share some of them with us today. Absolutely. I think my main learning in my entrepreneurial journey has been that one of my uh, founder market fit into the product market fit analogy that as outreach, we didn't begin as what we are right now. We began as, we began as a pivot and as okay. a pivot, we were working on a different problem that we're trying to solve a marketplace for hiring. And none of us had experience in hiring and none of us frankly had the passion to be required to solve that problem. We were trying to solve that problem with product. And that mm-hmm. problem is not solvable by product alone. You need a, a degree of marketing and, and other sort of demand and muscle that none of us had. But going through that journey allowed me to solidify the founder relationship because there's four of us. And when there is, I heard reviews that when there's one founder, it's, it's really hard to get something off the ground. When there's two or three, it's like ideal. But the probability of success starts going back down after three. So at four, you're back to low probability of success. Says in a business that is already hard. And in working on something that didn't work out and coming up with the idea of outreach out of that allows us to create sort of a, a moment that became our crucible under which he, we, we were formed. And that gave us the, the grit and perseverance to pursue the outreach pivot and then to this point. So my biggest entrepreneurial insight is that you have to be able to align the, the problem that you're trying to solve with something that you're A, deeply passionate about, B, you have a particular interest in that is beyond money that is about solving a problem that you cannot live without solving. And okay. third, that you have enough energy in you to see it through. I don't consider myself an entrepreneur. I just had a, one good idea and I pursue it to its end. And this is where we are. Absolutely. These are some great insights as an entrepreneur. And coming back to the topic of the day, marketing and sales has evolved a lot over the years, but the core basics have always remained the same. So according to you, although sales tech and martech has a lot of features, has a lot of rich features and enhancements today to allow teams to do a lot at a click, could you share some best practices and pointers on how some of the world's best tech sales teams humanize their sales process, keeping scalability in mind in the middle of all of this? Yeah, I think the one unifying thought and the one unifying idea that this distinguishes the best sales reps from the rest is that the best sales reps really, really put themselves in the customer's shoes. And they spend a lot of time becoming their partner before they engage into a proper sales process. So every sales process that you will have irrespective of the company and irrespective of the trainer will have some some kind of arc where you get somebody interested and then and then you go through a discovery call that allows you to then create a very powerful value proposition and then you use that to drive the awareness of sale and then the transaction through and, and that is all fine but one of the things that is missing is that as the customer gets smarter and the problems get harder to solve the seller needs to really focus on becoming the champion and the coach of your buyer Buyers are not professional buyers. So most of the time, buyers face themselves with a situation in which this is the first time they're buying or one of the few times in their life in which they're buying a solution for the problem and they don't know how to navigate their own organizations, let alone how to make a purchase and how to build a, a scenario for bringing some new technology in. So 
the best sellers work themselves back from a scenario of success and mutual success, and they paint that future to the buyer, and then they bring the buyer along to share on that sort of shared future vision, and then they work together on how to get that to fruition from today. So what needs okay. to happen today? What you know? Who needs to be brought in? What kind of collateral do I need to create? Who needs to be involved? Who's a decision maker? Who's a potential blocker? All the way down to not only the sale, but most importantly, the implementation and then the success of your customer. Those are the best buyers right now. The ones who think holistically about the sales process, beginning with success and working down to today. Absolutely. So how are you seeing technology sales teams use their sales tech stacks in more creative ways to optimize their overall process and outreach? And also, when it comes to choosing a sales tech stack or even a MarTech stack, what would your top tips be? That's a great question. Let's start with the using of the sales stack. So the first thing that a sales stack should be allow you to do, it should remove steps from your work, not add to it. So right. the moment you introduce something that is making you do additional work to get the same result, you just got yourself a, a negative impact in your organization. You need to go from a point of what am I stopping to do or what am I not doing anymore that is freeing me time to spend more time thinking about my customer and about my prospect. That's the first rule of, of any sales tech stack, tech stack. And then the second rule is that how is my sales stack make me, making me smarter? So if, if all it's doing is sort of reverberating information back to you, like telling you that your opportunity is X or Y or Z, or the probability of closing is now Z because something happened, okay. that doesn't really make you that much smarter. And if you make you smarter in terms of like, can you prioritize? Can you see into the future and tell me who am I not talking to? Can you see into the future and see what amount of pipeline do I need to do but being able to hit my number? What's the coverage that I need to be able to drive to be able to sustain a production number for the rest of the year. Those kinds of things are, the, are really what helps sellers. And then the insights around what makes your buyers tick. So anything around sentiment or action that makes your buyer more engaged are the kinds mm -hmm. of things that you should be looking at on your sales stack. Absolutely. And then from then on, as you're thinking about the purchase cycle and what are you going to buy, mm -hmm. you should really think about, again, from your outcome, from your success outcome back. So. If you're selling a relatively complex product that requires a multi-threaded sale, an education sale, an evangelical sale, where you're going through several parties to get something done, you need something that helps you navigate that kind of transaction. Whereas if you are more of a transactional sale with low ECV and is a couple calls close, then you need something that powers your transactional engine so you can get more volume out of that particular motion. So Again, you need to think about, you know, how is your how is your buyer wanting to buy? What is the value proposition? And sort of build a stack around that. So there's no one answer, but you, again, everything begins with the success of your buyer and work yourself back to today. Absolutely. We'd love to dive into your thoughts on how, according to you, today's salesperson, especially today's salesperson, given, you know, they, they have a whole range of technology to help them in their processes, but then they also need to be more of an innovator in order to get their prospects attention because just using a whole bunch of technologies and platforms is not going to do much for them. And you did mention, you did talk about this earlier also as to how salespeople have to be more of partners. They have to be their customers' friends before they actually start a sales conversation. What would you suggest sales reps do differently to get that initial attention faster? That's a very interesting question because it begins with a mindset. The first thing a rep needs to do is that they need to set themselves into a mind in that they need to get on the buyer's boat first. Don't just follow your playbook blindly. Don't use the first call to do a discovery and then from discovery to figure out what the action plan is, et cetera. No, spend time really, really understanding what is the buyer's pain and attack the same problem from various angles. 
the buyer may not have a latent need that he can express, but he may feel it. And the buyer may not be able to have all the power to make a decision. So you may have to empower him. So never rely on those shorthands like, oh, you have to go always to the decision maker or you always have to go to the person with budget or you always have to go to the person with authority. Those are all great. But to begin your sales process, you need to truly develop and coach your champion internally. And that person may not be the person with the authority, is the person with the most amount of pain or with the most Absolutely. gain from, 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 from your, from your from the, the, product. The, the combined future. Exactly. Yeah. So you start with that, you develop that and you sort of, you figure it out. Why is the pain here? Who is not feeling the pain? Who is he dependent on? How much power does the person have? What are the undercurrents in the organization and where are the winds sort of pulling people? And what is the internal political environment that you're navigating through and your buyers navigating through? But only then you have the right to be on the same boat as your buyer. And only then you're a true partner. And now you can lock hands and work on your sales process. Absolutely. That's a very interesting insight. And uh, and that's obviously a very basic step also for any salesperson or sales rep. Up next, we'd like to know what, according to you, are the top five things you would say to a new sales rep before they get on their very first phone call? One of the things that I talk about a lot is that there's three levels of listening. There is listening for what is being said, so you can answer what is being said. There's listening to understand so that I can really understand what you're trying to say. And then there's this third level listen, more complicated, which is listening for what is not being said. And you can feel, and that's that's when you when you really understand the emotional intonation of that person in their state of mind. So what we'll tell any buyer is to train yourself to become a better listener. So don't train yourself to get to go through your process, but train yourself to understand the other person's situation and what is not being said. What are the pauses? What are the inflections of tone saying about your buyer's state of mind and their and, and his education through this process? Look for the triggers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you can get good at one thing, it's that. It's getting better at level three listening, where you're getting into your buyer's mind so that you can help. Absolutely. I think, Manny, all of the tips and insights that you shared with us today were very interesting. And before we wrap up for the day, we'd love to talk about any additional tips or thoughts that you'd especially like to share, given the ongoing global pandemic. It could be tips for businesses and teams struggling to work through the uncertainty, maybe some sort of motivation for remote teams or global businesses or perhaps sales tips. For this time, how should sales and marketing be navigating through this time when they know that there's a situation at hand? Should they still be prospecting? Should they take the prospecting back a notch? What would your thoughts here be? The global pandemic presents a lot of challenges, but it presents opportunities for truly great sellers to differentiate themselves from the rest. So one of the advices that I've been giving to my own team is, if now is not the moment to build, uh, to make a transaction, then use this moment to understand your customers better to build that mm-hmm. trusting, meaningful relationship that would allow you to then pay rewards and you'll be able to harvest once the economy gets back on track and you can actually help. No time is ever wasted. Meaning even if you exit the quarter below where you need it to be, use this time to build pipeline, to build trust, to build relationships, to, pre- to navigate the, the, the customer's organization, to understand where the gotchas are going to be so you're ready to go when the market picks back up. There is all sorts of forecasts, anywhere from a growth of 3% to 5% to 6%, anything in the Q3, Q4 timeframe. And even if it pushes a little bit longer, the market will come back up. And only those who are ready will be able to harvest what they sell. 
Absolutely. That's a very interesting tip, Manny. And I think every sales rep and salesperson out there who's listening is probably going to love you for that. Thank you for participating in today's episode. We had a great conversation and I hope you did too. And we hope that you have an amazing day ahead. And of course, stay, stay safe from the pandemic that's probably affecting everyone around now. Absolutely. Thank you, Parama. Be well. Thanks a lot for participating today. Have a nice day. Likewise to you. Stay safe.